We're going to do something real quick, a little different before we get into the Word. Um, just want to reflect real quick. So if I could just have your attention and let's just... Imagine for a moment that every 20 minutes or so, there were tremors in the ground beneath you. And the places that were safe to you were no longer trustworthy. Imagine that the things that stood strong before have now been shaken, broken, some no longer standing. Imagine that you don't know what will happen with the next shaking. Imagine that you feel safer being outside of any shelter because your trust is no longer in the safe place. This is, this is Puerto Rico right now, but this is bigger than Puerto Rico. This is us. Imagine right now, there's an enemy that has hated us forever. An enemy that has come up against us every chance they get. An enemy that has wiped many of us out before and At this point in time, our present victory has angered this enemy to the point of desperation. And he's sworn vengeance against us. This is, this is the Middle East, but this is also us. This past week, you know how doctors say you shouldn't take, mix this medicine with that medicine, or you shouldn't take this medicine with alcohol because of the, the effects? Well, um... I don't know if it was that, but I've been looking at everything that's happening in the world around us. And, and, and at the same time, I was finishing up reading uh, the, the reading plan for the year that I challenged you guys last year. So I'm reading the book of Revelations and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm listening to the news. And so, per, you know, perhaps you shouldn't meet people in whom... God is shaking their trusted places. God is exposing their foundational cracks. And, 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 and cracks that are making their thinking, their theology, their culture, their religion, something unable to rest in any longer. Are you with me this morning? And we're going to pray that the light of the world, the church, you and I, would learn how and where to shine. Can, can we do that? Can we stop our agenda for a minute? Can we, I don't, you, you might be here for you. I came here to hit a word. I came here for me. Can we shift that for a moment? Amen? Max Lucado says, our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers make a difference. Amen? Amen? So for the next couple of moments, and this is probably the most powerful thing we'll do today, if you would join me in a posture of prayer, whatever that means to you, you can stand, you can kneel, you can sit, you can bow your head, whatever, wherever you feel, but I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Gary and Lee to, 
come and pray in those areas and ask you to join us in that. Amen. Let's, let's pray. The scripture says that in the last days, which means the last days before Jesus returns to the earth, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but that those who stand on the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is unshakable. Amen. So, Father, we pray right now, yes, God. Lord God. First, we pray, Lord, we send our prayers to Puerto Rico, Lord God. Yes, God. Yes, Father, God. you see the, the shifting ground, Lord God. Yes, Father, God. That, that so many times people are just laying in their beds, walking down the street. Father, and they don't feel safe because, because all of a sudden the ground begins mm. to shake and things begin to tremble. Father, we release your kingdom over Puerto Rico yes, right now in Jesus' name. Yes, Father, we send your power yes, in God. the name of Jesus. Yes, Father, we thank you. We command that shaking to stop right now in Jesus', Jesus name. Father, Jesus. and that those, Lord God, would who are there would put their trust in you, Lord God. Thank Father, you. we pray for the nations. Father, we send prayers to Iran, Iraq, Lord God. Yes, Father, in, the, in these times of darkness, oh God, when, when nobody could be sure what's going to happen next, <coughs> which terrorist plot is going to work next, Father, we thank you that your kingdom is greater, that your purpose stands. Yes. You yes, have a God. purpose for Iran yes. and Iraq yes, and God. the nations. So, Father, we just, we just advance the kingdom of God. Father, raise up the warriors, Lord God, your kingdom warriors. Father, use us, Lord God. Use us yes, to God. pray, Lord God, to be yes, lights God. to the nations, O oh God. Father, we just thank you today in Jesus' name that our prayers are powerful, Lord yes, God. God. Yes, God. There's power when we speak your word. So we just send that word out right now. Yes, in God. Jesus' name, yes, Father, we thank yes, you that God. the light, it's piercing the darkness. It's going into every home right now. Yes, God. In Jesus' name, we break the power of false religion idolatry in yes. Jesus' name. Yes, yes. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, that the nations will worship the one true God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, Father, raise up a people of faith, O oh God. Use us. Who's saying today? Use me, God. I'll be your hand. I'll be your mouthpiece to the nations. Jesus. Father, I thank you for a generation that you're raising up, e even out of this church and through the churches of the nations, Lord God, who have no fear, Lord God, who are willing to give all to serve you, Lord God. Yes. Yes, God. So we combine our faith together. Who here has faith today to Come believe that Come God on. could begin yes. to move in Puerto Rico, yes. throughout all Europe, Africa, the nation? God, we join our faith and we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. 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 Yes.
Yes. Yes, God. After Jesus died and after he robbed hell of the keys to eternity, he sent his Holy Spirit. But Acts 4.31 says, when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And then they were filled. And then they were filled. First they were shaken. And then they were filled. So Father, in the name of Jesus... Shake everything, God, that doesn't belong to us, God. Everything that is not kingdom-minded. Everything that doesn't look like you, oh God. Father, I pray that we be poured out this morning. Poured out, Father. Just drenched, Father God, in sacrifice. Drenched in obedience, oh God. So that we can give you, God, and give up and surrender, God, those places, God, that make no sense, oh God. For some of us, Lord God, it feels like the the rug has been taken up from underneath our feet and there are things that don't make sense and there's confusion, but we know that confusion doesn't come from God. So I rebuke the spirit of confusion and the spirit of fear that would cause your people to run around in terror to try to make sense of what's happening. But rather, Lord, I declare clarity right now in Jesus' name over the shaking that's occurring in the body of Christ and the body of believers that it's because a great infilling, a great movement of the Holy Spirit like we've never seen before here in this house and here in the earth, oh God, is about to be released for the great harvest before your return. And I ask you, God, that you would mess up, God, our theology and our religious thinking, oh God. And if there are thoughts that we're thinking about you, God, that are not right, use our external circumstances, use our fleshly happenings, oh God, to remove God those feelings that we have about you oh God use our trials use the fire oh God that we're walking through to shake up what we once thought we knew about you God that you would turn God our understanding oh God that you would turn that we would not turn from you in the shaking oh God you're shaking God you're pruning oh God you're taking away and you're removing the things that don't belong in our lives and everything that doesn't belong you're making sure goes to burn in the chaff oh God burn like chaff God and you're leaving God you're going to leave us purified purified like gold oh God purified by the fire purified by the trial purified by the shaking oh God purify your bride oh God purify us Jesus purify us shake it out of us God shake this thinking God This small-minded thinking, Jesus, so that your spirit might come in a powerful way, God, in this season of our lives, oh God. Father, let us be shaken so we we can see another facet of your glory. Let us see another facet of your glory. Father, we lay down what we once thought we knew, God. I just pray over every Christian that's been saved For over 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, oh God. Return the joy of salvation, oh God. Shake up their religion, oh God. Shake up, God. What they once knew about church, God, so that they could receive, God, a new infilling, oh God. Shake us so that we wouldn't be afraid, but shake us so that we would wake up, God. Shake us so that we would wake up, God. That we would wake up to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Amen, amen. You may be seated. That's probably the most powerful thing that we've done today and that we'll do today. But for the rest of us, let's press on. Amen. If you're still here, let's press on. In light of our 2020 challenge, how many of you been wrestling with that? Our uh, empty jars, our trusting God for for 20 list. In light of everything that God has been doing here and preparing us for, I want to start today a faith-building series for the first quarter of this year. I want to title it Impossible Things. Impossible things. Say, impossible things. That's going to be our theme for the first quarter in just about everything we do, every ministry. I want the young people to be talking about impossible things. I want the kids to be talking about impossible things. I want the men, the women, the ancianos, the young adults. I want everybody talking about impossible things for the first quarter of this year. Amen? And so what I want to do is we're going to look at some passages of Scripture, stories from the Old Testament and the New, and to build our faith and to remind us of God's faithfulness. Because how many of you know we need to be reminded sometimes? Two of you, good. Amen. (laughs) Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes, how are we going to build faith? Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so I want to increase your faith by sharing the word of God so that you can hear. Because often we need to be reminded that every miracle in the Bible started as a problem. Come on, let that sink in and get you excited for a minute. No miracle just happened. Every miracle in the Bible started as a problem. We need to be reminded that God (coughs) didn't remove the Red Sea. He created a way through it. Amen. We need to be reminded that what we call the end of things, God sometimes says is the beginning of things. We need to be reminded that when that some, sometimes what we say is dead, God says it's only sleeping. Come on, this is exciting, man. They're not acting like it. Sometimes when it seems nothing is happening, God is always working. Sometimes when we need to be reminded that when God is for us, nothing can stand against us. That greater is he within us than he that comes against us. That no weapon has been formed that can prosper against us. That nothing, nothing, that's Hebrew, Greek, Translated, nothing, it means nothing, not a thing, can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So, so faith comes from hearing, hearing from <coughs> sorry, the word of God. I want this to be a season of hearing and consequently faith building. Why? Not because I want us to get more things. Let's... let's um, Adjust our focus. For, let's fine tune kind of. Not because I want us to have more. 
Not because I think God wants us to be happy or God wants us to be rich or God wants us to be this or that or everything that you, that you might. I want our faith to increase and be built up because ultimately without faith it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11. One person clapping. That's sad. Without faith... It's impossible. Why do I want our faith to increase? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Ultimately, our faith blesses God. This is like... We think our faith is for us. We think our faith is, is, is to get us, it's to step out, it's to get, so we can get, so we can get, so we can get blessed. Our faith, the word says, blesses God. So when you step out in faith, you bless the heart of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So what happens when we're not stepping out in faith? Are you getting this? And at this time in our world, we are going to need to operate from a strong place of faith. Somebody say strong amen. The world, the world needs strong men and women and, and young people and children who can stand on an unshakable faith when everything is shaking. Because everything around them is getting shook. Everything around them is getting consumed. Everything people have trusted in is being torn down. Even in science... The harder they fought against creation, it led them to, to discover that every characteristic of life is written in our DNA, in that little helix. And so every life in its DNA has every one of its characteristics encoded and written in it from its inception, the signature of its creator. If man is just a cosmic accident that evolved under the perfect conditions of a perfect planet and perfect weather and perfect air, then who wrote what you're reading in our DNA? It's the signature of the Almighty who said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 139. That we are created in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2.10, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to walk in. So what I, I want you to understand that making that list of 20 things this year that you're believing God for is not about giving God a list of things he can buy for you. It's about discovering 20 more things that God has prepared in advance for you to walk in. Do you see it differently now? So take out your notes and erase, you know, Ferrari and like all the dumb things that you put on your list. It's about trusting that God has more in store than the life you're settling for. Ooh, man, that's good stuff. And the only way we can discover it and walk in it, and the only way we can please God, the word says, Hebrews 11, is by walking in faith. So here's what we want to do. We want to start right there in the scriptures, Hebrews 11. That's where we'll be if you want to check in your Bibles, make sure I'm not making this up. 
Hebrews 11 is known as or has been referred to as the Faith Hall of Fame. Ever heard that? And it's a great place to start with this series because it gives us an impressive set of characters whose stories stand out and challenge our faith. And, and here's what I love about this list, and here's what you need to understand right from the start of this series. You'll hear me say it again and again. The Bible does not give us a list of spiritual superheroes who have special powers that we will never have. Amen? It's a faith hall of fame, not a works hall of fame. That means it's not a list of strong people who did great things for God. It's a list of weak people who trusted that God could do great things for them. Anybody qualify today? If anything, these people in this passage is to encourage us, it says in Hebrews 12, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Another version says the founder and perfecter of our faith. Another version still says he's the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Doesn't that say something about the grace of God? He says you can't please me without this. So I'm going to give each of you a measure of this. And then I'm going to work with you to perfect this thing. You ever heard of any other God and any God in any other religion that says, you can't come to me without this, so I'm going to give you this, and then I'm going to be the author and perfecter of this thing in you so that you can please me. I'll give you what you need to be successful. Say thank you, God. All you have to do is believe me and walk in it. And so in this Faith Hall of Fame, what we get is a list of people through whom God has done impossible things. (laughs) It made him laugh. That's funny. So let's be encouraged and let's have our faith increase as we jump into this list. Amen? So the writer of Hebrews defines faith for us right in the start of the letter. What's the point of telling you you need to have something and not telling you what it is. Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Another version says, It's the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Then it goes on to tell us that how (coughs) all of these regular people went on to do impossible things by faith. Each name is preceded by the words, by faith. So we're going to put that up on the screen, by faith. And I want that to be ingrained in your, in your, in your mind, in your thoughts, in your heart, by faith. Here we go. It starts, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. Quick story, so God accepted Abel's offering and rejected Cain's. Side note, it matters what we offer to God. It matters the offering we bring to God. I'm not taking an offering, so slow down, don't worry. Don't get nervous. 
But it matters if we, if we give God our first fruits or from what's left over. I know this is touchy. It matters if we say, God, everything that comes into my hands, I'll give you the first fruits of it. Or God, everything I get, I'll tip you from it. That's a whole different message, but it was there, so I said it. Matter of fact, Cain killed Abel because he couldn't give like he gave. Abel's offering puts him first in the Faith Hall of Fame. Move on, because y'all getting uncomfortable. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. Because he pleased God. Enoch, so Enoch pleased God so much. Understand, get this picture, that he didn't die. He pleased God so much. He was, he was like, whatever he was doing. Let's say he was in church preaching and he was doing such a good job. He pleased God so much that bah, he disappeared. God took him up. And apparently when you read the scriptures, it seems like he might have done that to him. He would take him up and put him down someplace else. He's like the, the express. That's like the God Uber. It's like, God, I need to be in Brooklyn. I'm in Brooklyn. So listen, what I was saying was, and I mean, imagine. That's not no weird, you know, magic. This is just God would take him up and put him down. But God took Enoch up and never put him back down. The word said he was never found again because he pleased God so much. Because he walked faithful. Amen? Move on. By faith, Noah. You guys know this story. Noah, being warned by God concerning events yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. I hate that we have managed to somehow make this a kid's story. In doing so, we've softened it and we've made it pretty. We, tell, we say, okay, kids, so God made this big boat and God took all the pretty animals, well, two by two, and we have this beautiful picture of the boat with the bridge. You've seen it in every reference to this story. And, and the animals two by two, the male lion and the female lion and the male giraffe and the, ma- and the female and, and every animal. And we make it so pretty. This is the worst children's story ever. <laughs> it's a horrible story. Oh, by the way, kids, everybody and everything drowns. Good night. Go to sleep. <laughs> it's a horror. It's the worst kid. Here's what happened. God caught everybody riding dirty and everyone and everything was wiped out. Genesis 6, 5, it says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was so evil all of the time, the Lord regretted that he made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. Verse 7, so the Lord said, I will wipe 
from the face of the earth, the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I've ever made them. Great kid's story. Verse 11 says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. But verse 8, it says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. How? How did he find favor? It says, Noah walked faithfully with God. Noah walked faithful. He was faithful to God. He walked faithful. Full, full of faith. People, people don't like to talk about this story because Jesus warns us in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke that in the end times, it'll be like the days of Noah. Some of us are fine hearing that in the Old Testament. We say, oh, that's the Old Testament. God, was, God got pretty upset that, that season. He said he was done. I regret making you. Can you imagine your parents telling you? I mean, some parents probably have told you that, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, that's like, that's wrong. And we'll pray for healing because that's just not right. But can you imagine the God of the universe? So, so people don't like to refer, we say in the Old Testament, that's good. But, but now we live in a time of grace. So we don't want to, you know, talk about that. But Jesus said in the Gospels, in Matthew and Luke was recorded. He said, in the end days, it will be like in the days of Noah. Jesus was pointing out that although the people of Noah's day were totally depraved, they were not the least bit concerned about it. Does that, does that feel like today at all? They were carrying on the events of their lives without a single thought of the judgment of God. I don't know if you like look in the news and think, yeah, today. Second Peter 2.5 says Noah was described as a preacher of righteousness. So <coughs> we get the inclination there, the, the inference that meaning he had spent years warning people, telling his friends and neighbors what the holy God is about to do and no one listened. God, in his grace, he gives Noah an Ikea instruction book on how to build an ark. Imagine a bookcase instruction book is about this thick with one shelf. So imagine the Ikea instruction book to build an ark. So he gives them, and then he tells them what pieces to use. And the word tells us it took anywhere from 55 to 100 years to build this ark. Noah had to build a boat with no help, no Google, and no YouTube videos. Impossible things, somebody say. And God waited patiently, probably while people mocked him. You're building a boat for rain and it's never rained. Okay, buddy. God told you. Okay, buddy. Like people look at us sometimes, right? I'm going to church on Sunday. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to go worship God. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you have fun with that. 
No, but God sent his son. Yeah. Great story, bro. Noah wasn't a shipbuilder. He didn't have anything but God's word and God's plan. And I think the word doesn't tell us exactly how long it took him for a reason. Submit to you this. Maybe God is saying, somebody here needs to hear this and run around the room. Maybe God is saying, when it comes to what I'm telling you to do, it doesn't matter how long it's going to take you. It doesn't matter how unqualified you are. (laughs) It doesn't matter what you know or don't know. Did he ask Noah? Hey Noah, you think? You know, I seen you put up that bookshelf. You think you can maybe build a boat? You think you got any skills? Doesn't matter what you know or don't know. It doesn't matter how unprepared you are. Somebody needs to hear this today. It doesn't matter how many times you failed before. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter how ready you are. It doesn't matter how impossible it seems to you because he's the God of impossible things. Will you be faithful? Will you walk faithful, full of faith? What are you going to believe God for this year? And what are you going to fill, how are you going to fill yourself with faith? Let me show you something about how God picks people. I'll finish with this. Hebrews 11 continues on with a list of Hall of Famers, right? We went through those couple and and there's a whole list of Hall of Famers uh, and their incredible stories. It says, by faith, Abraham. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. And if you know, those are some big names, amen? Amen. Those are like big stories in the word of God. Those are big names. By faith, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses. By faith. But there's, but there's one more person that made it to the hall of faithers. And I love that God so ordained that this one is in there. In case you were thinking, I, I can't see myself or I won't put myself in the place of Abel or Enoch or Noah, or Abraham, or Moses. There's this one, last one included in there, in the by faith column. It says, by faith, Rahab the harlot. (laughs) Depending on what version you read, it says, by faith, Rahab the prostitute. By faith, the whore, Rahab. Depending on what version you read. I don't think the word labels her to, to d- demean her. I think it labels her to identify her. So religious people can't say, no, that's another Rahab. No, it's Rahab the whore. Just in case you were, you know, thinking it was the other Rahab that had done nothing but good things, that walked around with a halo. No, it was Rahab the prostitute who owned the whorehouse. And it says, by faith, Rahab the harlot was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. If you don't know the story, all she did... God sent spies, Joshua sent spies into the city, and 
she hid them in her whorehouse. Because that's a, it was the perfect place to hide foreign men. I mean, you get it? You understand? It was the perfect place. Nobody's going to say, oh, wait, there's a lot of men in that place. Yeah, hello. <laughs> or there's strange men in that place. Yeah, that's where they would come. You know, that's where they would go, obviously. So all she did was hit them and tell the king, no, no, they weren't, they weren't here. Or, yeah, they were here, they went that way. And then she sent them that way. All she had to do was hide them one night. So the religious people would say, maybe some of us would say, that's not fair. That's not right. That Rahab the harlot would be listed with the faithful and make it into the list of famous faithers. Does anybody see a little discrepancy there between Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob? Joseph. Rahab the prostitute. Some people would say, no, she didn't do what Moses did. She didn't lead people. Laid down her life and then didn't even get to the promise, if you know the story of Moses. She didn't have to go through what Abraham had to, even with his son offering. Come on, that's not fair. That's not fair. She wasn't righteous and upright like Noah. <coughs> she didn't suffer for years and years and years and years like Joseph. All she had to do was believe that if she watched for God's people one night, God would watch out for her when destruction came. Family, I submit to you, that's the gospel. Isn't that exactly what God's asking us to do today? Just believe. Well, worship team, you guys have come. Just believe. Just be faithful. If, if we do what he says, he'll protect us from destruction. He'll keep us with him. If we believe that he sent his son so that we could have life, if we remain faithful, we have eternal life. Impossible things. They will be done. And we're going to keep talking about them. And this year we're going to be walking in them. If that's you, come on, stand up.